Today on episode number 476 of the School of Podcasting's Morning Announcements, I always mention that I've been podcasting since 2005, which for those of you that are math challenged, that's 10 years. And I've seen a lot of things come and go. And one of the things that comes and goes a lot is A, the quote, resurgence of podcasting that happens about every two years. And really, it's not a resurgence in podcasting. It's a resurgence in media coverage. And the other thing that happens every now and then is, well, people start explaining how podcasting just doesn't work. And so today, we're going to talk about some things that maybe why your podcast isn't working and why it's not pointless. And I have an interview with somebody who's just fried from podcasting. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so very, very much for tuning into the show. I've been helping people understand technology and harness the power of it for over 20 years. I've been teaching in the corporate world. And what we do here on this show is we talk about all things podcasting. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle the technology and I help you flatten the learning curve and get you on the road to pain-free podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER and you will save on your first month. And today we're going to be talking about, there was a post well, here, let me, uh, let me read you just a bit of this. This is from a post by Brock Wilbur, who said, Podcasts are pointless. Anyone who tells you otherwise is the literal devil. No one is getting rich or famous or gain any level of following from this medium or ever again, or from this medium ever again, because it is hilariously dead. Hence, podcasting is dead. Here we go with another, you know, tidal wave of podcasting sucks. It's dead. It's awful. Does your idea to share um, caustic observations about an ongoing TV show? It's pointless. Your idea to interview interesting people, laughingly misguided. Your idea to discuss each individual episode of a decade-old CW show? Well, he kind of joking says, uh, that's pretty successful. And so there, I, I went over and I, I listened to Brock's show, but I, I want to bring up something here. Podcasting. It's not all about the Benjamins. And I've, I've mentioned in the past, you're seen as an expert. You can get insights into um, people, whether that be your, your audience, which could be potential customers. Maybe it's current customers. You can boost product sales because people know, like, and trust you. All sorts of things in terms of money. But here's some other things that you can learn from starting a podcast. Number one is organizing your thoughts. He said, reading a piece of paper where it says, point one, organize your thoughts. Point number two, prioritize your goals. One of the things that I did to make time for podcasting is hallelujah, I turned off the TV. Because every time I hear the word Kardashian, I throw up just just a little bit in my mouth, just a little bit. Uh, Number three, I speak with confidence. Now, I didn't really have this problem a whole lot. Because again, my day job is I stand in front of front of about I don't know ten to twenty people, and I explain things in an easy to understand fashion, and hopefully an entertaining fashion. Number four, you're going to work with people from different cultures. Today, I was actually on a live chat 
which you might see at schoolofpodcasting.com. If you see the little chat thing at the bottom, that means I'm there. And if it's on, that means I'll be more than happy to say howdy. And this person came from Egypt. And there were a couple things that I was unaware of in their culture. Like they may or may not have PayPal. So you're going to have to work with people on a global scale. And then as much as podcasting is about talking, I think the top podcasters are at the top of their game, of the charts, because they learned how to listen to their audience, understand their audience, and give them information that makes them laugh, cry, think, or groan. I say that makes them motivate them. It might make them inspired, or you just might educate them if you're not careful. So I went over to Brock's podcast, and here's a couple things. He said he had 13,767 downloads of 110 episodes. That means he's getting about 125 downloads. A show, now me being, again, a classroom teacher, uh, that'd be five classrooms of, of 20, if not a little more. And so I went over, and there were a couple things here. Like the first three minutes of his show were a song. They're a song, not really a song I've ever heard of. Don't know if it was illegal or not. But as a first-time listener, I was like, what's this show about? Because when I hear Brock Party, not really obvious. Didn't tell me who his guests were. And what he does is he takes one microphone and sticks it in the middle of a room. And his audio quality, in my opinion, right on the edge of distracting. Look, it's one microphone with four people. You're going to get a lot of room noise. You know what? I'll let it slide. But at the five-minute mark, five minutes, you finally introduce your guest. Nobody waits for five minutes for someone to get to the point. Holy moly. Now, here is, here's a, a couple things to keep in mind. And this, again, is my opinion. 97% of, uh, 97% of the time, improv, horrible. Another stat, 98% of my stats are made up. Well, at least in this case. Brock typed a whopping 32 words for Google to find to help bring in traffic. Really? Um, and to me, nothing screams great content like four people talking over each other. I mean, who am I to judge? It works on The View. But here's again, you'll hear me talking with uh, Donovan Atkinson here in a second. In the article that Brock kind of says podcasting is dead, he says, two years ago, we started setting aside Thursday nights to have fun people get drunk around microphones. That seems to be a running theme in this episode, um, around microphones in the living room. That's what they set out to do. Thursday nights, we're getting drunk with people, and we're going to talk into a microphone. Well, it sounds like you've been successful at that 110 times. How do you define success? It's not all about, you know, having sponsors and things like that. The one thing that really, really confused me about this article, and I think it was just, and you're going to see these, people will type an article that says, podcasting stinks, just to have every podcaster jump out of the woodwork and go, you're an idiot. And yeah, I, 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 they have hooked me in. Brock Wilbur has a great looking website. But instead of adding the podcast to his website, which probably has a fair amount of you know traffic to it, he sent them to a Horrible looking, again, my opinion, Podbean site. Very remnant of like late MySpace. It really, I was like, why would you 
if you find Brock Party in iTunes and click on website, it goes to Podbean, not his great website, because this guy's got a really impressive resume, Comedy Central appearances and things like that. So here's what I would do if I was Brock, because it's I'm not here to just bash people. That's not very nice. Pick some topics to talk about and let your audience know what to expect before you make me waste 10 minutes to figure it out. I actually originally didn't listen to the whole episode. I went back and he had witches. He had people that said, hey, by the way, I'm in a Wiccan. I'm a whatever that is. I'm a I'm a witchy whatever. I got a broom. It's I'm good to go. And I'm like, if he had said at the beginning, today on today's episode, we're going to interview two witches. I'd be, I'm what? Is she blonde? Does she make her nose twinkle? No, you, you make me wait 20 minutes and then it's what? Okay. So that's one thing I would do. I would lose the music and don't make people wait through three minutes of music. They tune in to hear you and your content. Don't make me sit through some boring song. And I know there's a fast forward button, but eh, put the music at the end. Again, this is all my opinion. If you're going to have four people, get some microphones and a mixer. And this may not be an option for you. Your sound quality was not 100% annoying, but man, it was right on the edge. There's a lot of room for improvement. Um, Newspapers, magazines, and movies all have editors. Uh, And if you don't put any time into your show, why do you expect your audience to give up their time when you didn't give up your time? That's just my whole thing on editing. I think everybody can benefit from some editing. Uh, I realize some of us don't have the time. And again, it's his show. It's improv. He just wants to record it, put it out. This is what I would do. Put the put the podcast on your website. It's super easy to embed audio and put it on another website. It doesn't have to be on that website. The traffic from your website will drive downloads. And for those that like your show, they might tell their friends. They might review you in iTunes and help you grow your audience. The website you sent them to did not have a button to subscribe in iTunes. Really? So put at least an iTunes button on your ugly Podbean site. And put a link back to your website on your ugly Podbean site. And I'm not saying that all Podbean sites are ugly, by the way. In fact, they're actually not bad looking at times. But wow, Brock, no, buddy. Um, I don't know who's designing that, but it didn't work for me. Again, my opinion. Lastly, hey, congratulations on being 30. Your website shows, again, a completely different guy than the Podbean version does. He actually has an impressive resume. So, no, podcasting is not dead. And this is where I did a talk at Podcast Movement. And one of the things you have to do when you troubleshoot, and that's what my show, my talk was on, was help my podcast is broken. You have to isolate different things. And so I isolated Brock's podcast to go, okay, why? This guy's saying it's broken. Let's take it apart and look at it. And I was like, well, number one, your intro I believe the, I heard somewhere, and I need to double check this, that your attention span is something ridiculous like eight seconds. It's like the same amount of time as a goldfish now. We're all just bing, 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 bing. So I, I, I don't think this will be the last that we will hear people saying, ah, it doesn't work. And I think if we go back and look at these people, we're going to see where they could have done some things better. And you'll see along the way, that I have some uh, some lessons, some things that we could do maybe to do things better. But the other thing I, I thought about today with uh, my interview with Donovan here is the fact that I think some of us feel this from time to time. And I thought, 
it might help some people to go, you know what? I'm not the only one that at time gets a little frustrated. And I don't know. Have you ever gone bowling and get frustrated? Go to any bowling alley and look at the thing where the ball comes back. You'll see all sorts of shoe marks on that thing. Go to any pond on a golf course. You'll probably find a couple clubs at the bottom of the pool. We all get frustrated in our hobbies and we all get frustrated in our, our business. And no matter which one you're doing as a podcaster, you're probably going to get a little frustrated. And I'm just here to say it's okay. But step back, think about what you're doing, think about who your audience is, maybe pivot a little and get back in there. And there's one other point I want to put in here. If you're like, but Dave, I did the thing. I defined my person. I published and just why aren't, why isn't anybody listening to me? Well, it may be a bit of timing. Have you ever heard of the TV show called Action? It was back in the day, 1999, was on Fox. It starred actor slash comedian, now podcaster, Jay Moore. And I mean, the critics love this thing. It was about Hollywood. It was way over the top. I think it actually, if you can have like an R rating in TV, it had that. Now, you probably go, Dave, I've never heard of this show. But I bet you've heard of Chicago Hope. I bet you've heard of Charmed. And I bet you've heard of this TV show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Those are the shows that action was up against. And that's one of the reasons why it lasted one season. Wasn't that the show was awful. Wasn't that the show, just bad timing. And in some cases, that may be it. So here is my conversation with Donovan Atkinson. And I'll put links to everything we talk about out in the show notes at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 476. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time. I want to thank Joe Taylor. He does the podcast On Faith's Edge at onfaithsedge.com. He was out Saturday morning when we do uh, the Ask the Podcast Coach show. We do that live every Saturday at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And, of course, you can hear it later on iTunes. Website is askthepodcastcoach.com. And Joe said, hey, have you heard this post from Donovan Atkinson? Now, I've had Donovan on the show before when he released his book where he'd been podcasting for a year. And Donovan was feeling down. He said things like this. But I've also realized, and I've been told by a friend or two, especially with this particular podcast here, it's not interesting. I don't really bring anything of value to provide to the listener. And I thought, wow. And then later in that episode, it was called A Farewell to Podcasting. He said this. It's very difficult to explain, I guess, why my reasons for not wanting to do this anymore. It's just not fun. It's absolutely not fun. And if you feel that way about your podcast, by all means, go ahead and take a hiatus. In fact, you might even think about canceling and ending your podcast. Now, if you're worried about this, my buddy Ryan K. Parker from Food Craftsman 
com has a great piece of advice to keep in mind, and that is, of course... No one will punch you in the face. That's right. No one will punch you in the face if you stop your podcast. And so I kind of felt bad for Donovan. He was really beating himself up. And so I went over and I, I talked to him, and um, we just had a conversation. It wasn't really an interview. He knew he was being recorded, and he knew I was going to use this. So here are a couple things I wanted to pull out. When it comes to podcasting, you want to figure out why. Why are you podcasting? Because if you can't define the why, then you're never going to make it through the how. And so I was trying to figure out, as Donovan was kind of saying, look, it just doesn't seem to be working, what would success look like? Is that how you would define success with your podcast? If I could quit my day job, then it would be successful? If you wanted, I think so. For me, if if I want podcasting, if I, if I know I'm not doing it as a hobby, I, I think there's two camps here. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. There's there's hobby success where you know look I'm I'm doing something for fun uh, maybe I've got a successful podcast about I don't know The Walking Dead <laughs> but develop a community and you got a lot of like minded individuals that listen to you and leave comments and and maybe just maybe you pick up some sponsors or you make some money through affiliates but it's not necessarily a, a, it's not enough for you to quit your day job. But it's definitely enough that helps you perpetuate the maybe investing in additional equipment and things like that. That's the hobby level success. The professional level success is where you've got a network like a like a twit where you're able to actually have a sustainable income where, okay, I'm devoting all my free time. You know, when I get up in the morning, I'm thinking podcasting. I'm thinking podcasting network. If I can do that, then I am successful on a professional level. For me, that's how I divide them out. And and I guess I got a little shaded or, or, or jaded rather because I couldn't reach that level of professional success. Maybe I had a little bit of hobby success and that's that's okay. But my goal was to to try to have professional success. And I think that's where I did myself in is because, you know, the proverbial statement is don't get into podcasting to make money. Right. <laughs> Quickly. Make yeah. Money. And that's where he later pointed out how, you know, you see people that are just crushing it like Leo Laporte. But I was looking at folks like Leo Laporte and I was like, well, if Leo can do it, damn it, I can do it too. Not realizing that Leo had a lot more history behind him than I had, and he was coming from television and radio. So around about episode 61 or 62, along that line around 2012, and this is really no secret for those people that, that know me, I, I like to drink, okay? And sometimes I get what most people get when they drink and they get a little boisterous and, well, you just let things fly. That's and right. So, Ten feet tall and bulletproof is what I used that, to call it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So I was have, uh, there was a Saturday afternoon that I was knocking back a few uh, rum and Sprite or something. And, and I just got, I was like, 
I need to speak my mind. And so I did. I came out to the studio, fired up the live stream, and I talked about everything from politics to racism to religion. And subsequently, by the next Wednesday, I was fired. You may have freedom of speech in this country, but what most people don't understand is freedom of speech only protects you from government retaliation. It does not protect you from the company you work for and their retaliation. You you hit all three things that you're not supposed to talk about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and I was making seventy thousand dollars a year. Ouch! When I was talking to to Donovan, he'll be the first to say, "Look, man, I'm human," and so we're not here to judge at all. But he'll you'll hear him later say he doesn't do that anymore. And so he actually started a show, and it actually had some commercials. And you mentioned commercials. So did, yeah. you, did you actually go out and find some sponsors or? No, what I did was I cut my own commercials where I was, um, and they were basically commercials that sent people to affiliate links. Got it. And, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Amazon Prime, uh, go there. Uh, another one was uh, Music Radio Creative, mm-hmm. go there if you want uh, embeds and, and stuff like that. And of course, one or two of them would promote other podcasts like my wife's podcast and stuff like that. Did that Go seem ahead. to work okay or? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't become a millionaire, but, right. you know, I, I saw a little bit of, of revenue come off of it. Okay. And I guess my big hang up is, and it's not that I want to be that guy that has to have the pat on the back to say, hey, you're doing a good job because I'm not. But when you get to the point where you feel like you're shouting into the void and nothing's coming back, you start questioning the validity of what it is that you're doing. So that and the fact that I just couldn't keep up going four days a week doing this show, I kind of wound it down a little bit. And then later uh, this year, several months back, I said, you know, I'm going to start this thing again. And so, but I didn't do it as a daily show. I did it as, okay, I feel like talking about something today. So sometimes I do two episodes a week. Sometimes I do one. Sometimes I do one every two weeks. So here's the interesting thing. I believe Donovan has always done live shows. And the beauty of that is it's your show. You can do it whatever you want, but you can hear he got all gang gung-ho and four shows a week live. And that'll burn anybody out. So the beauty of podcasting is to use a, a buzz phrase, you can pivot. You can pivot and change your format, change your schedule. And for me, we have said in the past that if you can record a couple of shows, figure out how long it takes you to create a good quality show that has value, that either impacts your audience, inspires them, or entertains them, and then try to come up with a schedule that you can meet. Now, do you have to do that? No. You can put out a show whenever you want. Dan Carlin, who before President Obama was on Mark Maron's show, held the record for the most downloads in a, I think it's 24-hour period, does a show about every other other month, and they're like three and four hours long because they're phenomenal content. And so, but when you can have a schedule where people can count on you, then you become part of their routine. And that's cool, and that's trust, and that's something you want to aim for. It's not necessary, but I would call that a best 
practice. And the key there is putting out a good quality show. Don't just put out a show because it's Monday. And so, you know, we all have these best practices that we talk about. And one of the things that really is, has cropped up in the last couple of years are people teaching people how to podcast. Okay, now I've been doing this for 10 years. I've seen a lot of people come into this kind of area and I've seen a lot of people just, you know, die. Well, they're not dead, <laughs> but they're they're gone. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of patience and it's it's an interesting space. You have to have that why. And for me, I like to help people. I like to help people tweak their content. I help them understand their audience. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here is uh, in this little clip, Donovan kind of chimed in on some of people that are doing podcast teaching. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about best practices. So here is Donovan talking about uh, people like John Lee Dumas. You know, the goal of doing a podcast, if you listen to all of the podcast trainers, uh, podcast teachers, which to me, that's also a little bit laughable too, because the most successful podcasters out there, aside from people like Tom Merritt and Scott Johnson, those guys, in my opinion, are doing it right. But their success is definitely difficult to duplicate. And that's actually from his clip. These are, if you're like, who are these guys? They're uh, Frog Pants, I think, Network. And people that have come again from radio backgrounds, and they're using what's called a CPM model. Um, I think uh, Tom, there's one guy on Patreon that is getting tons of donations. But a lot of big names are using cost per thousand downloads. Like you'll pay me for the 10,000 downloads that I have. So let's go back to uh, Donovan here. That's That's the way these guys are doing it. But if you look at someone like a Cliff Ravenscraft and you look at someone like a John Lee Dumas, they make their money off of training courses on how to to learn how to do what they're doing. It, it's almost like a weird, screwed-up pyramid scheme. Best way I can describe it. I know it's not a pyramid scheme, but it still seems a little crazy. Right, so I asked him about this to kind of expand on that. And Dave, I love podcasting. Don't get me wrong. I still have the itch. It's just maybe that episode, my farewell episode, was an indication of a weak moment in my life because a lot of crap had just started happening and snowballing. I mean, right. the, comp the company I was working for, my wife and I celebrated 25 years of marriage on May 4th. May 8th, Around 11 o'clock, my good friend and owner of the company I was working for called me into his office and gave me a separation notice and said, we're not doing all that well. I've got to tighten up the ship. Mm. And so here I am again, you know, unemployed. And uh, so this time I fell back on my one true skill set, and that's IT consulting. So now me and my, my youngest son, that's, that's what we do, and we're surviving. But all of this stuff started accumulating. And then I got served two two weeks ago, you know, a knock on the door, and you open the door and a sheriff's deputy's standing there, and you're like, what in the hell is going on? And they hand you a lawsuit, which goes back to the other time when I lost my other job 
and I wound up not being able to pay for some things, and you just, you know, life happens. Right. And there's really no one in this situation to blame but me. I mean, I, I did it, and and I own up to it. The- and kudos for that, by the way. So many people want to blame other people, and it was their fault, and I'm a victim and things like that. So kudos for Donovan for going, yeah, that's, yeah, I did something stupid, and I'll gladly, you know, I'm going to clean up the mess. The cumulative effect got to the point where I was like, why am I doing this? Nobody gives a damn about what I'm talking about. I don't feel like I'm being effective. Whether I enjoy it or not, it's starting to really weigh down on me. I mean, what's my impetus for coming out here to the studio and sitting here recording a 45-minute show, spending about 20 minutes editing the thing and and putting it out writing show notes? Nobody's listening. Nobody cares, so I shouldn't care. And that was my moment that Saturday morning. Truth be told, after I cut that, polished it up, posted it, I was drunk by that afternoon, and <laughs> my wife and I did not have a very good evening that evening. So, and and I had a lot of apologizing to do the next day, and you know, and and maybe that's just too much information. I don't know, but I told you I'm going to be open and honest and transparent. So, you know where my mind was when I recorded that. Do I regret recording that last episode? No. I mean, those were my feelings and my thoughts at that time, and I do get irritated with the. First and foremost, I have nothing against John Lee Dumas, okay? Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's, it's an admirable thing that he has done. Matter of fact, what I found interesting is I was in Cliff Ravenscraft's uh, podcast mastermind. The mastermind, yeah. Okay. I, I, was, I was one of the original like 100 or whatever. You know, it's admirable what John's been able to do in his journey his Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, I think, is a really good podcast. And the fact that he was able to monetize it, and if you listen to him, he says he really wasn't able to do that until about six months after being into it. And, you know, that takes guts and stamina right there not to give up. Right. Where I find issue is that success, especially when folks like him start sharing their their numbers, their income statements, and it looks like he's making hundreds of thousands, you know, millions of dollars a year. He's not doing it off that podcast. And that's a misconception, I think, that happens to a lot of up-and-coming podcasters. They get they get dollar signs in their eyes. They look at someone like him and they're like, well, I can do just as well as he's doing, probably better, not realizing that the core of his money comes from him teaching you how to do what he's doing. Now, actually, I went out and looked at this, and you'll hear me talk about this when I was doing the interview live. And Donovan has a point. In July, John made, you ready for this? $162,152 from Podcasters Paradise. And you'll hear me point out that he actually made a fair amount of money actually from his podcast. And and that's what aggravates me. But it to me, it brings across the wrong message for people that are wanting to get into podcasting. I know that you train people to 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 podcast. I'm pretty confident that you say, "Look, these are the these are the things you need to look at: audio quality, show notes, setting up the WordPress site, and all of that." Are you going to make a million dollars? There's probably a. I mean, you have a higher chance of winning the lottery, which is a one in 173 million chance of making any real money off of a podcast. So 
I, I, I don't fault anybody for using their skill set to make money. It's just I know that, that I'm not alone in this camp. There are those um, – the, the phrase I hear in some cases are snake oil salesmen where people mm-hmm. are coming out and they're, they're forgetting to say all the hard work that's involved. And, and uh, they just say, if you just do this – Pennies from heaven will fall, followed by <laughs> millions of dollars. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually looking at John's website. He made $162,000 in July. He did make from his podcast $110,000 in, in – that's more than I make in a year. He made that in July. And yeah. the thing I always like to point out, you, you brought up that he made um, six months of, um, of shows. Those are daily shows. Mm-hmm. And I always like to tell people that's three and a half years if you do a weekly show cuz he does a daily show yeah and that's and that's one of those things that i think people see the dollar amounts and they forget to do the math in some yeah, cases yeah. and he batches them and i mean i think he's got a really good system the way oh. he does it i mean you know he does he does seven podcast he records seven podcasts yeah. on a monday yeah and that's why i always tell people it's i did a, a article on this in pottertainment magazine you know john came back from it was either Iraq or Afghanistan, I forget which one, where he had been getting paid to be in the army, but there's not a whole lot of places to spend it over there. So he had um, a lot of money in, in the bank. He had, uh, you know, he didn't have a job when he came back. Um, he doesn't have any kids. He, he doesn't, uh, he has a girlfriend, but, you know, um, he's not, he doesn't have the same scenario that a lot of people do. And that's one of the things that he had that, allowed him to he he's such an energizer bunny and he took his discipline from <laughs> uh from the army and yeah. so then i talked to a guy who's got four kids working 40 hours a week with a, a wife and you know a sick parent or something and they want the same kind of results and i'm like well wait a minute hold on you know john's hitting from if this is a game of golf you know john's hitting from a completely different set of tees and you're trying to get the same exact results and that's just not a, it's a not fair comparison happen. yeah yeah yeah, that that's true. It's everybody has to take their particular circumstances into in into effect. Exactly, and so I I've said that before about you know John's hitting from a different set of tees. The other thing is John was original, and the thing I was thinking about this the other day. Why the show Entrepreneur on Fire works. And this, if you never listened to it, John asked the same like six or seven questions. But those six or seven questions unveil, they peel back a completely unique story from every single guest. So while the questions are the same, the stories are always different and they're compelling stories. So I think the guy's a genius at times. I'm like, did, did he do that on purpose? Did he know it was going to work? I don't know. It was really, really cool. And so Donovan has mentioned he was in Cliff Ravenscraft Mastermind. And I know John, if you listen to John's free podcast course, there's a whole bunch. One of the first steps we say in developing a podcast is to figure out who your audience is. Because if you don't know who your audience is, how are you going to create content that impacts, inspires, or educates them? And so I asked Donovan about this. Did you actually go through any kind of exercise like that to kind of figure out who you were talking to? Or Cliff tried to help me with that during the mastermind because at that time I was doing the South Geek show. And I told him that our numbers were 
And, and I know, you know, we all come back to, well, d- don't pay too much attention to the numbers. But you may not have to put everything on the numbers, but you, you got to pay attention to them. At least I, I believe you do. And well, Yeah, they are an indicator of if things are working or not. You yeah. Know, yeah. So. And so that's one of the things that he tried to help me figure out is who is it that I was – I was targeting. What was my target audience? And and I guess with the Donovan show, my target audience was basically Generation Xers. You know, people people that were in my age group, and you know, the people that I went to school with, and uh, that's about as far as I could get with it. It was like, you know, whether you agree with me or disagree with me, let's have a conversation about what's going on in the world and. And, you know, and then that's when I started realizing, well, why do they need to listen to me when they can listen to, you know, a handful of about 25 other people on MSN and CNN and Fox? And I mean, Glenn Beck even created his own network online and all that kind of stuff. So who am I, right? The thing in that kind of situation, you're not really selling a product. You're not really selling somebody else's product. You kind of are with with commercials, but... Uh, when it comes to that, then if that's going to be the the model of I'm going to get a an audience and then run ads ac- across it, the only time that it appears to work is you know when you've got big numbers like somebody that comes from from radio background they're bringing an audience with them, and uh, the other way it is it's I wouldn't say you know everybody has their own point of view like you you kind of say well I'm I'm southern I have a different perspective and that's true and that is why your show would be like nobody else's. It is going to be harder to carve out your audience in a area that's kind of crowded. When Donovan's first started, he's got a technical background. He used to own an internet company. For someone who doesn't come with a built-in audience to go into a technology, it's going to be, and I think I talk about this in a clip, I always wonder what it was like for the guys that founded Five Guys Burgers and Fries, and I don't know if this is a global company, but here in the U.S., if you walk three blocks, you will see a McDonald's, a Wendy's, a Burger King, about every, I don't know, three or four blocks. Okay, I'm exaggerating. But in between the Burger King, the McDonald's, and the Wendy's, uh, you also see a Walgreens drug store, a Rite Aid you know, there's all, it's either a drugstore or <laughs> a burger joint. And so I'm wondering when the guys went in from Five Guys Burgers and Fries, they said, yeah, we want to open up a new restaurant. And they're like, great, what is it? Okay, it's going to be fast food. Awesome. What is it? We're going to serve burgers and fries, except ours are going to be extra greasy. They're going to actually be kind of gross. Like it will, the grease will actually soak through the paper. I always wonder how that business meeting went because they're like, well, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's. And the fact that people are kind of trying to eat healthier, most Americans are overweight. But those guys had to know they were going to have a tough road ahead. And yet, as I start to go into more airports, as I start to drive to more cities, what do you know? There's another five guys. I've eaten there once. I thought it was absolutely gross. I didn't, I don't understand what makes them special. It's just another burger joint with greasy food. So the other thing we talk about is to me, my equation is value in your episode. 
that's going to impact, educate, or entertain your audience. You're going to make them laugh, cry, think, or groan. Multiplied by the amount of effort that you promote your show is going to help you achieve the number of downloads. So I asked Donovan about promoting his show and what he did. <laughs> what what were you doing to promote your show? Standard Facebook postings, uh, Twitter. That I probably was not doing a very good job at trying to promote the show. I was trying to figure out, did I need to spend money? Could I spend a little bit of money and, and uh, promote it on Facebook using Facebook ads and, and things like that? Uh, I tried the the newsletter where it's like, you know, sign up for my newsletter and, and I'll send you a free copy of my, my second book that is actually a, a fictional book, but it's written about the, the, the trials, tribulations, and turmoil of what happened whenever I got fired in 2012. Mm. Those were the things that I was doing. And I mean, I try to look at what you guys are doing and trying to see, you know, what can I do a little better and and I probably was not doing doing all the stuff that I needed to do, and I probably was not doing it the right way. And again, I love his honesty here. He's just like, you know what? Here's what I was doing. Not really sure. I always say, again, it goes back to step one. Who is your audience? Then figure out where they are. Go there, whether it's in an online group or physical, and then make friends with them. And then once they know who you are and you bring value to the conversation, then tell them about your podcast. I mean, well, you got that whole life thing again that keeps getting in the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, it does. That's always a, a problem. And then I, I pointed out yesterday when I went over to your site that you didn't have a contact page. How, and you said you changed themes and that's when that went away. Yeah. What happened was uh, I had one of the themes on there that had one of the modules built in for all of your social media contacts. Uh, and apparently I just didn't, I wasn't paying attention because I had a feed issue where that particular theme was truncating my RSS feed. And uh, the the quick fix was, okay, let me just find a different theme that I like. And when I did that, I didn't realize that I had, I had lost all of my social media contacts. So once you alerted me to that, I went and threw something up on there with the Facebook icon and the Twitter and my email address so that I could be found. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was definitely an oversight on my part, but it, it wasn't something that I intended. I wasn't trying to keep myself locked away. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that would that would kind of hinder the feedback you were looking for. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. But no, that's that's the joy of. Uh, you know, some of these themes, they have, they're like a Swiss army knife. And then when you switch to another one, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on a mm -hmm. second. So you have to be careful with that. Your two, your most important pages on your website, number one, about. And it should say about. And it should say, here's how you're going to benefit from listening to the show. You know, get the inside scoop and um, nitty gritty trivia from the sci-fi movie podcast where three, you know, sci-fi gurus talk about their favorite shows, something that explains, here's what you're going to get from this. You know, listen to the school of podcasting where Dave delivers um, advice and strategies and insights into tools on podcasting delivered in an entertaining fashion. 
You'll love it when he interrupts his own interviews. Right? And I was thinking about it as I was talking with Donovan. I know he's going to keep on podcasting, and here's why. I absolutely love doing the live shows. I, I love replicating the terrestrial radio-style talk show. Then do it. If you love it, if it brings you enjoyment, do it. So you're not going to be a professional podcaster. If you love it, do it. I love riding my bike. I don't do it enough. And by that, I mean a 10-speed. I love the the breeze. I love getting out. I, I drive on these paths that go along the, the route of the Ohio Erie Canal. So this is where the, the donkeys used to pull the canal boat. It's flat. There's no traffic. It's beautiful. You're deep in the woods. You get to see, you know, Bambi will come up and jump on the path and you almost wreck. Occasionally we'll see a snake. I love that. I'm not making any money at it, though. That's okay. You don't have to always do things for money. Yeah, you're not. I'm not going to be Leo Laporte. I never am. But that's okay. I love doing this. So I, I asked Donovan, I'm like, okay, what, what can we, um, you know, if you were going to start, what would you do differently? I, I can predict that you're not going to give up podcasting. I can just tell uh, for me. I just like, you know, you, because at the heart of it, right, when you're, you're one podcast, you're trying to tell people, look, wake up, America, you know, you're, the, the government is not really doing some stuff that they, you know, they're, they're, they could be doing things better. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think all good podcasters come with a, a heart to serve and help and inform and educate and entertain and things of that nature. So if you were to fire one up, uh, let's say you, you go back to the drawing board. I'm going to start up a new podcast. What would you do differently? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> that, that's that's the thing. And, and that's the reason why I've I've said that, you know, if anybody wants me to actually be like a guest or a co-host on their podcast, I'm more than happy to do that. I'm just not sure. I'm so afraid now of creating something that 20, 25 episodes in, I'm just duplicating the same thing that I had done previously and I haven't I haven't quite figured it out. And remember, if you do that and it doesn't quite work out, no one will punch you in the face. Exactly. So that that's kind of the million dollar question for me, Dave, is I don't know what I would do differently. I, I felt like I was doing I was doing everything that I needed to. Um, you know, like I said, I I probably wasn't marketing it correctly or trying to develop that that community but I, I don't I don't know it's it's something that I keep rattling around in my head because I don't want to leave this right but I I don't nobody just I guess it's human nature that we all want to be noticed yeah sure. you know and we, we come out of the womb crying <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's true notice me baby I'm here that's right. That's right. And uh, so that that's that's the biggest thing. I, I don't know. I'm hoping that, uh, like, I, I like to joke that whenever I can't remember things, I say, "Well, I've just I've just issued the SQL query in my brain. You know, eventually it'll <laughs> it'll figure it out." Um, so I'm hoping that I'll wake up one morning and you know the universe will slam me in the forehead and go, "Idiot! This is what I've been trying to tell you. This is what you need to do." And that may be it. It may just be that you need to to take a break for a little bit and 
go back and go, maybe I need to design my avatar a little more. Maybe I need to figure out where my actual audience is. Maybe I need to niche down a little bit. And so, again, we kind of asked him, well, what lessons did you learn then along the way? I just, I wanted to call you just to say, don't beat yourself up. It's okay to to step away when, when life happens, man. It's not that big a deal. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be all right. You'll, you'll land on your feet. You always have, it sounds like it. So, And you've learned not to, not to maybe have a, a, a one extra and, and hit the microphone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've, I've somewhat created a rule for myself that um, I don't come out here after tying one on and get on the microphone anymore. Yeah, that would be. Uh, yeah. Well, if, if, if somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, Donovan, you've you've done a few podcasts on and off, and and you seem to know what you're doing," what would your advice be to the new podcaster? It sounds cliche, but because we all seem to think this way, I think. But my advice would be: well, make sure that whatever it is that you want to do the podcast about is something that that you're really interested in. I get so tired of hearing the word passion, but right. that's that's it's really is. I mean. If you really enjoy the show The Flash and you want to do a podcast about The Flash, then make sure that you eat, sleep, and drink The Flash. Otherwise, your podcast is just going to be another Flash podcast along with probably 20, 25, 50, 100 other ones out there. It'll be a flash in the pan. Get it? Woo! So, I mean, if, if you, unless you can really just sink your teeth into it, you're probably not going to be as successful as you hope you are. But, you know, first and foremost, that. Um, secondly, don't spend a ton of money on equipment. Like I told you, you know, I don't do anything halfway. Whenever I decided that I was getting into podcasting, I built a brand new, uh, I spent $1,200 on building a, a streaming computer. I bought a, a Mackie mixer for $350. I bought a PR40 for $350. I wound up, I've got an, a 24-inch iMac, which I already own, so. Which I believe he had to mortgage his house. 24-inch iMac or MacBook, it's usually, I think it's the house and the garage you have to mortgage to uh, buy one of those. You know, I probably got about $3,500, $4,500 invested in my studio. Dang! When I could have just simply started with a, a smaller mixer and a... Uh, um, Audio Technica 2100 for 60 that's bucks. That's it. That's it. Because that's exactly what I bought my wife. When she does her podcast, she actually sits in our bedroom at her computer. Now, listen to this. Look, I have nothing against a high OPR 40. I have said to myself, I have the microphone I'm talking into right now is an Electrovoice RE320. Sitting right next to me is the Audio Technica 2100. And yes, does this one sound better? Yes, does it sound $300 better? No. And here, listen to what Donovan has to say. He's got a Heil, a Heil. Now, usually when you say this, you have to do this. It's the Heil PR40, right? It's so the Reverend PR40. Listen to what Donovan has to say. She originally started out with an AT2020. And, you know, I soon realized that uh, condenser microphones are not a, not a friend to podcasters for <laughs> most people. Yeah. So I got her the 2100 and, and she loves it. And that's what I would have done. You know, go with that microphone. I mean, I've got the uh, SQU2 from uh, mm-hmm. Samson. I've yeah. got one of those on my machine in in the bedroom so that occasionally if I want to call in to 
like computer 2K now or whatever. I don't have to come out to the studio and sit there, but I still got a, a good microphone. So that would be the, the, my second thing. Don't spend a ton of money on this because there's a very good chance that after you've done about 10 episodes, you're going to go, this ain't for me. And at least you've got only maybe a couple of hundred dollars invested, not a few thousand. What I always say, unless you're using a stick microphone, you know, one of those that came with the laptop, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going from a, an Audio-Technica 2100, which is a like a $60 microphone, to a high LPR 40 is not really going to get you a whole lot more listeners because they don't sound that different. No, that's true. It's the they, content. There there are certain times where I've actually listened to things that I've recorded on the, uh, the Samson mac- microphone versus the PR40. Mm-hmm. And I've actually liked the way it sounded on the Samson better. <laughs> yeah. it's Well, everybody has a different voice and different tones and things like that. So, Yeah. All right, my man. Well, hey, I wanted to thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing your insights. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you got a, a fun road ahead of you. So I uh, I wish you the best in everything that's that's coming up. And uh, you're still here. You're uh, you're just kind of taking a break, and that's that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still here, so yeah, just just say hi. And I and I appreciate it, Dave. I do. And so thanks to Donovan. Again, I'll have links to all this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash four seven six. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Donovan in person after listening to that was number one, just to say, dude, it's it's okay. You know, you've had things that have happened to you. The only thing that's missing in Donovan's life right now is a baby. Right? He's got lawsuits, he's got uh, in the in the episode, uh, he, he talked about how he's got some health issues, nothing too crazy, but coming on the way. And those are a little uh, scary when you're a consultant and you no longer have health benefits. So the only thing missing is a baby because those things, holy cow, you know, they're, babies are so selfish. They always want like feed me, wipe my butt, you know, and then they're crying and you're like, really? Jeez, they're just so needy. And so pod, uh, babies are, are really, the they're like the anti-podcast tool. Kidding, of course. But we've all, I think we've all been there. And I think when we compare ourselves to others is where we, we get on a slippery slope. Look, if, if I compare myself to John Lee Dumas or, or really anybody, you are doing yourself a disservice if you are doing it saying, oh, I'll never be like that person. Well, I hope so because you're you and I want you to be you. And if it's making you feel bad, then don't do that. But I know it's easy to say and it's another thing to do. But I like to provide a realistic point of view. When it comes to podcasting, I I am not a person that's going to say, just start talking into a microphone and people will heave large bunches of cash at you. Wheelbarrows will be dumped at your feet with 20s. And for the record, neither John Lee Dumas or Cliff Ravenscraft or Daniel J. Lewis or Ray Ortega or Michael Dell will tell you that. And if you're learning from somebody else that's not those guys and they're telling you people will just, you know, just talk into a microphone. That's all you you know. That's not true. It's a lot of work. But if you're ready to have some fun, to meet some people, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there are things that you can learn from podcasting, like how to organize your thoughts, 
how to prioritize your goals, how to speak with confidence, how to work with people from different cultures. I had a guy today on the live chat. You'll see that out at schoolofpodcasting.com from Egypt. That was a whole new culture I had to deal with. It was a little different. And really, for me, as much as podcasting is about talking, I think the top podcasters are at the top because they learn how to listen. They learn how to listen to their audience, find out what they needed, and then gave it to them. And I think you can do that. And as long as you're not in a giant hurry and you just love to entertain people and you just love to help people and you just want to inspire people, it doesn't matter if it's 15 or 1500, by all means, come out to the schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. You will not find that anywhere on the website, by the way. That's just for you for listening to the show. I deeply appreciate it. If you don't have a website yet, send me an email, dave at schoolofpodcasting.com, and put the subject line, Quick Start. And here's how this works. I will send you a link to order hosting for your website. You order that, and then you send me. Now, you use a special link that I give you. I earn a commission on that. You send me the welcome email. I'll log into your account and install WordPress for you, along with some plugins. Then, but wait, there's more. You get a month at the School of Podcasting because you're like, Dave, I don't know anything about websites. Well, you will see that not only do I have tutorials on how to, inst- you know, how to work with WordPress, how to build pages, how to build posts, how to add plugins, how to change your theme. I've got a whole lot of stuff on planning your podcast. So when we talk about things like defining your avatar and worksheets to help you figure out what is your strength, what do you like to talk about? What shouldn't your podcast be about? There's a whole, in fact, I'd have to look at it. I bet, I bet the planning your podcast section is bigger than any other section in the school of podcasting because that's the basement. So I hope you're interested in that. If you are, please come visit me at schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. In the future, I'm going to be talking about um, a royalty-free music site that I have discovered. We're going to be talking about stalkers. Yeah. Dave's just doing a whole bunch to really just inspire people to start a podcast. Let's get let's get people that are somewhat um, fried out by podcasting and then follow it up with an interview with a stalking expert. That's coming because we all talk about sharing ourselves with our audience but when is sharing too much sharing so we're talking about that maybe some things we should think hmm never thought of it that way and uh anything else that you yes you would like to talk about uh joining me out at school podcasting.com all my contact all the twitters and the facebooking and the everything else is out there thanks so much for tuning in we'll see you again next week until then take care class is dismissed and god bless